We're looking at James 3, carrying on from last week, verses 13 to 18. So let's go straight into that. James writing to the church, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Back in November, when we were uh, looking at the next series and planning it, faith in action and using this amazing epistle of James as, if you like, the bedrock of looking at what it means to, to... to not only have the faith, but live it out in our lives. And I was very much drawn to this passage and to one word, peace. And little did we know back in November how relevant peace is. And I want us to think about peace and what it means for us to be peacemakers. In the great declaration, in the hills above Lake Galilee, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You know, he's not talking gender. Sons, daughters, those who believe. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And the reality is, in truth, if we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, 1 Peter 2, If we've given our lives to Jesus, that we believe he is Lord and Savior of our lives and we are following him now and through through our life, then we are his children, John 1, Romans 9. And the one distinctive quality that has to stand out about being his children is, as this beatitude says, is that we are makers of peace. It's like it's our default position. Peacemakers are sons of God. Sons of God are peacemakers. This is who we are. This is our identity in Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. But there's a problem, isn't there? Because we don't always make peace with one another. We don't always experience peace in our lives. And there's certainly plenty of evidence of conflict in our lives, and in the life of the church. So what do we make of Jesus' words, and how do we really apply it? And what do we make of what James is saying here, and put it into practice, faith in action? I think the first thing to understand is that the peace that Jesus is speaking about in the Beatitudes and elsewhere in the Gospels, and the peace that James is talking about in this section, is different to world peace. I think we forget that at times. As Jesus says in John 14, 27, peace I leave you, not as the world gives do I give you. Here and elsewhere, Jesus makes a distinction between the peace that the world offers and the peace that he gives. 
And of course, when we look at the news today and see what's going on, it's pretty easy to define that distinction. The peace the world offers is conditional. It has a cost to us and it's subject to law. Conditional cost subject to law. I was just looking at some of the statistics that relate to the current United Nation peacekeeping operations. You know, as they try to keep the world in peace. And the first thing you see very much is conditional. All of this trying to keep peace is conditional upon the 87,572 personnel working in 12 peacekeeping operations, 13 now, with 121 countries contributing. It's conditional. And then it's costly to us. This last year, over $6.3 billion has been spent. 1,500 people have lost their lives in current peacekeeping operations. 4,000, over 4,000 since 1948. And it's subject to law. If you step outside the legal requirements, there are consequences and there are sanctions, as we're seeing right now in the news. But it's easy for us to fall into that mindset of this kind of peace, one that is conditional, one that is costly to us and subject to law. But this kind of peace does not transform the heart. This kind of peace does not change the mindset in our thoughts. This kind of peace doesn't change everything in our souls and our ability to be peacemakers. You see, a country can be at peace, but it doesn't mean the people are. A nation can be at war, but those within it can know the peace of God flowing. World peace. Yes, we long for it. But it's very different to kingdom peace. You see, the peace that Jesus offers to us, as we see in the scriptures, number one, his peace is unconditional. See, it's a gift to us. There are no conditions to his peace as we receive his gift. It's freely given. Glory to God in the highest, the angel said. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. His peace comes from heaven. And it's for each one of us to know and to receive and to experience. His peace is unconditional, but it's also costly. But it's costly to Jesus. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, paid the ultimate price for us to have peace and to know peace now and always. When Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to the disciples the second time, and Thomas is there and he says, peace I give to you. And he says to Thomas, look, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side. In other words, Thomas, look at the marks of peace. Come and put your hands where the nails were and where the spear spear went into my side. I did all of this so that you can know peace now and always. He paid paid that price for us to have eternal peace by dying on the cross, reconciling us to the Father. So as Paul writes to the Roman church, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
but his peace is also offered, not by law, but through grace. His peace is above the restraints of human law. His peace goes beyond the wisdom of man that James talks about in this passage. His peace is not something we can manufacture or keep or control or process. But it's something we receive by grace. And as we freely receive that gift of peace, so we can freely give it away. And it's his peace alone that has the power to transform the heart. The power to transform the mind, the soul, and the strength. And so when we're praying for peace, what kind of peace are we praying for? See, the power of his peace peace transforms our thinking. I don't know about you, but I, as the news has kind of gone on since Wednesday night, you know, I have found myself, it's like the emotion of anger, shock, horror, and I'm going to be honest, even a sense of hatred. Rise up. And I know it's wrong. But this emotion that is, is, is rising up, I have to have the peace of Christ to heal me from it, to protect me from it. That my prayers are not prayers of judgment and anger. God is the judge. He knows what he's going to do. But we have to pray for the peace. And only the peace of God transforms our thinking. And only the peace of God, as Paul writes, the peace of God which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. See, his peace protects us from fear. His peace protects us from troubled hearts and and anger and hatred. His peace protects us from the enemy who hates God's peace. He doesn't mind world peace because he can control, he can manipulate that. But God's peace, he has no handle on it. He can't do anything about it. When God's peace is at work, the enemy has no power against that peace, which is the very peace that is the foundation of our faith. And the peace governs our hearts and minds. So not only is it something that transforms and guards, it also governs. Let the peace of Christ, Paul says in Colossians 3, rule in your hearts to which also you are called in one body. Allowing God's peace to rule and reign in our hearts and in our lives. And it's interesting, actually, the the analogy that James uses when he talks about this this peace is that the picture he has is of a farmer scattering seed, sowing the seeds of peace. And there's something so powerfully that when we allow the peace of Christ to transform and change and rule and govern, it's like he's given us this basket of seeds of peace. And where we go, we can sow the seeds into good soil because the soil is righteousness, right relationship with him. And knowing the peace of Christ changes everything. Whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in our home whether it's with people that we meet in the street and in the supermarket, the shops, or wherever we are. And at the heart of it, the peace of Christ lives within us, transforms, guards, governs. 
that lives within. This is the fruit of righteousness, right relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When Jesus came to his disciples after the resurrection, and he said to them, peace be with you. Actually, the the Greek word, irene humin, it is literally translated, peace in you. Peace in you, with you, upon you. You see, our very identity as his children means the peace of heaven that was brought to earth by the Prince of Peace is the peace on earth that we can know every moment we breathe. And it's from this place that we are peacemakers. It's from this place that the power of peace can be released, that we can carry his peace wherever we go and change the circumstances and affect those around us. You see, in our identity as his children, we have authority and power to be peacemakers. And this peace, the default position, is not a weakness. The default position is humility. But for us to be peacemakers. And when we look in scriptures, and I want to finish off with this, there are so many examples of the power of peace at work. You see, when Jesus was in the uh, the boat and the storm raged and the disciples were crying out to him, Jesus didn't hate the storm. He loved the peace. I've got time to expound that, but think about it, reflect it. He didn't hate the storm. He loved the peace. And he stood up and he said, peace be with you. Peace, calm. And there was calm all around. When the woman who bathed Jesus' feet with expensive oil, and in Luke's account, Luke 7, uh, he, he talks of this woman being a sinner. But when she anoints Jesus' feet with oil, it's like Jesus takes away all the shame and guilt that was in her life with the words, go in peace. Wash clear the power of peace. The woman who's bleeding for 12 years that touched Jesus' cloak with all the crowd around, feeling bad afterwards that she'd touched him, knowing power had just come and flow in her. But Jesus' words were, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, the power of peace. And Jesus said to his disciples when they were sent out in twos, in Matthew 10, you are carers of peace. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon them. If it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. In other words, you're carrying my peace. And there is an atmosphere of peace upon you. And if you're not received, take your peace to a place where it will be received. If it is received, release that peace into the household and into the community. And I don't know about you, but there have been so many times and occasions in my life where the peace of God has changed my approach to situations, changed my approach to people. When I've allowed that peace to come in the midst of the storm and all the emotions that so easily can rise up in us when we face difficulties and challenges and tribulations. When God's peace comes 
and changes everything. I mean, even recently, you know, going to America, having that time of space to reflect. We flew into a storm, the East Coast, at, uh, I think they called it the bomb cyclone that hit the East Coast of America. So that was, we were flying that way. And then when we flew back, we flew into storm Eunice and Franklin. I don't know whether God's got something for us about that. Um, our flights were cancelled. Um, our seats were kind of rebooked. We weren't sat together. You know, there was so much about that journey home that could have created so much difficulty, fear, anxiety, um, especially for Heather that doesn't like flying. But the peace of Christ was there. We had that peace. It changes everything. Just a small example of what the peace of God can do. And as we think of situations like Ukraine, it comes back to this. What kind of peace are we praying? What kind of peace are we expecting? What kind of peace are we living in? James reminds the church, we're called to be peacemakers. And I just want to bless each one of us. You see, all around the world, the message is the same. And just think as God's peace, the atmosphere of peace, in one small place, it's like a little light is flickering in millions and millions of other places around the world. The difference that will make in the world. See, Jesus says to us very clearly, don't hide your light under a bushel. Be that light on a hill that shines. I want to say to each one of us, let's not hide our peace. Be that light, that peace that radiates out in our homes amongst those that we work and live. Changing the atmosphere. And you see the ripple effect of that is power is released. And as we pray for the peace in Ukraine, be reminded of the peace that Jesus gives. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. The millions in Ukraine who are sons of God are peacemakers. Father, let their peace radiate in that nation and beyond. Let's stand together. Father, we want to storm heaven with our prayers at this time for peace in the world. And I pray for each one of us that that stirring would increase. Lord, that wherever we are, that we would join intercessors and prayers around the world, crying out to you, tipping the bowls of heaven for your peace to come in the world. And especially right now over Ukraine and Russia and those neighboring nations. Father, thank you for reminding us from your word that your peace is different to world peace. Thank you, Jesus. You are the Prince of Peace. Thank you that your peace is unconditional, costly to you, but
but given freely by grace. And Father, as we receive your peace, I just encourage you right now, let the peace of Christ come and reign over you. Holy Spirit, would you release upon each one of us your peace? Father, would you breathe upon us your peace? Jesus, would you just give us that gift afresh where your peace is that which lives within us, that we would radiate it every day. That it would change our thinking and transform our hearts. That it would govern, that it would guard and rest upon us. Father, we receive your peace. Help us to be intentional and to live as peacemakers with those that you've placed us. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.